And welcome back to another episode of 30 Flirty and Surviving. It's your host, Tracy. It is so good to be back here with you guys. You can catch new episodes of the show every Monday at 9 a.m. Every has an asterisk. We've talked about this. We're working through it. Thank you for your patience. But when they do come up, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, and YouTube for some extra video clips as well. The show on Instagram is 30 Flirty Surviving and the same on TikTok as well. I have such a bright light, like a very fun energy with me today. She has a big personality. We are, you guys are going to fall in love with her. She's so sweet. She's so fun, but also super, super helpful. We all know that right now there has been, unfortunately, a lot of companies going through layoffs, a lot of people looking for work, um, maybe, you know, having been a result of a layoff, just starting a new job. A lot of people's careers are in flux because of the economy and and since I am your girl here to help you out, I have brought in an expert. Her name is Meg Cool. She knows all things. Her life, her career started in the, in the luxury retail space. She knows what people are looking for, what you need to stand out, how to make yourself, you know, put your bets foot forward, be most successful. And she is going to give us all the tips and tricks and tell us how she got from point A to point B. She's also a fantastic podcast podcast host um, with her podcast, Pivot with Passion. And I cannot wait to introduce you. So please allow me to welcome yeah. Meg Cool. Hello. Hello. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I always feel yeah. so awkward when I do the introductions because I'm just staring at a camera. Hurley's not looking at me. There's nothing. I'm like, I have nowhere to look and no eye contact to make. But I hope that I, I did it justice. You are amazing. And I will tell you, when I first started my podcast, as we talked about my podcast where I literally was sticking my head in a sound box. <laughs> I remember having to do the intro as well when somebody was on the other line, but behind the scenes. So it's like on Zoom on a black screen listening to me like ramble. And I remember, I, I don't think I took a breath for like three Yeah, minutes. I know. I think I forget <laughs> to breathe. Exactly. So then I'm like, da, 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 welcome to the show. <gasps> you know, I know. So, I wouldn't yes. sound so frazzled if I just took a freaking breath. No, you're good. Um, you're good. But it's funny because I one of the things I think we're really proud of is that we really don't do a lot of edits. I mean, unless mm -hmm. someone... God forbid, threw up, which they haven't. Like, we, there's not much we cut out. There's not much we change. But I think that in the back of my mind, I'm like pressure of like, you just got to, it's got to be the one take Drake, you right, know, like, you got to do it. And yeah. truth be told, I could just ch chill out and, and stop. But I'm like, no, it's us. It's our personalities. That's why people tune in. Yes. Yes. Keep it real. Yes. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited to have you back at Big Night because I know you are familiar with the Big Night Media family. Mm -hmm. um, but I do start every show with a quick little introductory bit asking you just some basic questions for every guest. If that's okay with you, play along a little oh, bit. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll <laughs> dive into the, the more juicy stuff yeah. a little later. But yeah. um, right now, where were you born and raised? So I was born and raised in upstate New York. Um, upstate, because I feel like if you talk to somebody from New York, that could mean Syracuse. That could mean White Plains. Yeah. <laughs> here in the city. But upstate capital. So mm -hmm. the tri-capital, tri whatever they call it now, Albany, you know, Saratoga, whatever, Troy. I was in Saratoga, like the Saratoga County area, upstate. So okay, yeah, a lot of farms and horses and wow. ap apple orchards. You could do a lot of basic betch fall things right now. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> Get your pumpkin spice. All the and Ashleys and the Briannas, mm -hmm. they all are they're putting their flannels picking. on. Yeah. Yes. And they're going apple picking. With the high suede boots. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, how far is that from like New York City? Yeah, it's about three hours north. So wow. honestly, um, pretty close to like the border of Montreal too, if you keep going. You can get to Canada. 
Wow. Yeah. Did, you, did you like sneak over the border when you were 18? No. Um, and when I was in college, yes. That was like yeah. a huge trip. And I remember um, I was in student government. So it was like a student <laughs> government trip and I was the secretary. So they put me on the bus and talk about like a Debbie Downer or at an early age. I was like the girl who had to like lecture the entire bus full of kids from Keene State not to bring alcohol like back over because in the United States, U.S., you are not 21 and we will all go to jail and be like prosecuted. So. You're like, I will not go down oh with this ship. You guys better not screw this I, up. And I literally, I remember we were all on the bus to Montreal, like watching some like movie mm. back in the day when like the movie screens came down yeah. from the bus, the little screens. Um, and I was like, stop the movie. I'm like, there is to be no alcohol brought back. And, and, everyone, and, and they're everyone all just, like, like hated this me. little prude. They're like, shut up, secretary. Yeah. <laughs> sit down um so no i mean i feel like that that trip like scarred it kind of scars you a little bit okay fair <laughs> enough fair enough and yeah. where are you now um so i live in boston yeah Woo-hoo. been in the city for almost 20 years wow in yeah. in the city sunny or you've been in massachusetts yeah. for 20 years so um almost almost in the city city wow. i came here um, not pretty, not out of college, but pretty much like right after and started working on Newberry street and even driving over here today. It was like, wow, this city is like pretty freaking awesome. I love mm. Boston. It's so beautiful. It's so manageable. Um, there's so many different neighborhoods where you can go anywhere mm-hmm. and like be kind of in, you know, little Italy or the South end where it's like beautiful historic like buildings or back Bay where you can shop and spend lots of money, you know, pick your poison. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it was such a beautiful ride. And I'm like, you appreciate the city mm. every day. I do. I mean, it's a grind. It's a grind. But it's not like I'm going to keep my opinions grind. to myself. Oh, no. Um, I, I think, you know what? I, I like being on this show because there's, I'm meeting so many people that are, you know, transplants, right? Yeah. And it, it's a reminder for me because I think that I take it for granted because it's just, you know, it's always been there. I grew up here mm-hmm. and I don't have the same love for it where fresh eyes come in and it looks a lot different. Um, so I think that I, it humbles me to be like, you know what? You're actually really lucky because I just think of all the bad stuff. I know. You know? I mean, listen, I was in this city at a young age too where I was like broke and sad and going to like the clubs. <laughs> I passed, do you remember like Jip? or the alley uh, yeah girl now it's like an emerson like art studio i was yeah. like oh god the things that like happened in that place so i don't have like all good memories <laughs> but like you grow up and you get into a new era yeah. of life yeah. and then you're like oh that tree looks really pretty not like oh i'm like passed out on like that's the side of boylston true. street that's so, true that's yeah, true i've evolved <laughs> i'm so proud of you <laughs> okay moving yeah. on because we could talk about that forever just your age if you wouldn't mind sharing oh gosh well i'm not 30s i'm 30s plus, but Woo-hoo. I just turned 44 on September yes, 4th. Yes, girl. You so look fantastic. Like four, four, four things. Facial skincare. Fine. Yeah, it was awesome. So, yeah, what is your skincare routine? Oh, gosh. Well, how my, is it so perfect? It's 27 steps. Um, <laughs> it's like porcelain. Thank you. I love you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I, uh, my skincare is I stop just like frying myself on Mm, the beach that'll do it um you know again growing up a little bit younger we were like let's go on a break and go to the tanning bed Mm -hmm. and oh my goodness gracious you know yeah i just kind of stop that i do the self tan now but i mean nothing i mean a beach day like get me a day in the sun i'll never give that up no we gotta live our lives yeah we do we do spf spf yes spf spf and then you're good um your relationship status Oh, that boy. big old fat wedding yes. ring over there. Uh, so Mr. Mike Hool, who arguably is the true celebrity in the Hool family. <laughs> um, no, he, has just Says no, who? he has no social media. He doesn't give two pop tarts about anything. You could literally say anything. He just like rolls off his back. And that's why we are so good together, because I'm like the firecracker, emotional, like fall off the rails. Mm-hmm. And Mike's like. I'm not worried about it. I'm like, must be nice. Yeah, I've right? had anxiety since it's I was yin two. and yang, yeah. Right. Um, but almost four, four, 14, 15 years together, 10 years wow. married. We actually got married in the seaport, which now, looking back after 10 years, like all the new buildings and the cool restaurants. Like, Talk about something that's changed. Yes. Holy moly. The seaport is yeah. like nothing. I think if the Compared seaport, to oh God, if the seaport was, well, it was nothing before. <laughs> no, it was nothing before. And I laugh and say, if our wedding was like this time, this day, we probably would still have people missing like 
six years later because of all the bars and all the <laughs> options. Like we only had a couple of options for people yeah. to go after party. Um, but it's really fun and it's it's a good relationship. It's it's always a roller coaster. But I feel yeah. like when you find that right person, yeah, you kind of know. Do you think the secret work. to a successful long marriage has been how you guys balance each other out in yeah. that way? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like two kind of similar personalities, if it's like mm-hmm. super emotional, like both, I don't know, or competing like an ego yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um I definitely feel like it's just a lot of energy to take in where I think you do have to have like a yin and a yang in yeah. some ways and to challenge each other in, in different ways, you know? Yeah. So what is your Zodiac yeah. sign? Um, I am a Virgo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and what's he? Um, he's a Gemini. Gem's gonna gem. Gem's gonna gem. With his two personalities. <laughs> But I call him I like low key, but also passive aggressive. So it's really fun to like. Hang well, out. I mean, they, those those <laughs> gems. Even though they're gemming, they do got two sides to them. Yeah, you know, they can do both. They can do both. They can do both. Like we'll put it that way. Yeah. You know, won't we, Hurley? <laughs> and I always ask one little fun question as well. We'll dive into things a little bit more, but I think to just get everything flowing, my question for you is, what is the number one mistake? I'm sure there's many, but if you had to pick that one mistake that you often see people make on their resumes, like some, what is something you want to just like shake somebody and say, stop doing this? Putting everything that you've ever done on your resume going back like 22 years. If I open your resume and it's 22 pages, I'm hanging the phone up. <laughs> I am so excited. Okay, so you guys, I work in staffing, uh, and so I'm so excited. I'm like, finally, I'm somebody like, who gets on it. to that job from 1987. And like, they still think? have, like, that they were a waitress at Hooters in, like, 1998. Yes. And I'm like, okay, yes. let's just peel that off the resume real quick. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. An ice cream yeah. scooper, yeah. but now, like, you're running, like, a yeah. Fortune 500 company. I'm like, that's fine. You don't, Nobody cares. <laughs> and, and yes, I think that people need to realize that, especially, like, if you're applying to a a large corporation, right? Or like a, a, a household brand name. Think of how many people are applying to that job. If you think that your hiring manager or talent acquisition team is reading every single line, they are not. So yeah, although you think that you're putting your, you're setting yourself up for success and making yourself, you know, you're building up all your experience, you're actually deterring your chances because they're just going to put you to the next pile. They're not going to read all that. You want to just yep, concise. little bullets. Yes. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Yes, because a long resume, and you tell me if you feel like this is true, but also translates then to someone who's like long-winded, who maybe totally. isn't concise about talking like you're hanging on to something. And it's like you start the interview and you're like, okay, tell me about yourself. And you're like, well, back in 92, I'm like, oh God, okay. I, I, and I have to say, ma'am, I only have like 30 minutes. Yeah. So let's, let's speed it up. What are you doing today? You know, I totally. feel like that's always what is so relevant. So you're right. Make it concise. Just no one reads anything these days either. So you, you got to do that quick scan, boom, boom, boom. And also, if there are things on there that need to be on there, like do not leave things out. Do not omit jobs. Do not try to hide things. I don't know if you've seen yeah. this, but it, like it all comes out. Just own your story. Right. But don't own it from, you know, the 90s. Right. <laughs> Let's go. If you if I interview you and you tell me your favorite job was like in 2001, I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, a little concerned, right? Nice. A little concerned. So- Okay. I love it. Okay. Already off to such a good start, but let's put a pin in that so we can back it up. I love to have all my guests just give everyone a little introduction about themselves so they can hear it directly from you. Tell us a little bit about your, your background and your story. Yeah. So as I said, grew up in upstate New York and, you know, came to Boston, started in retail, luxury, fashion. Um, on Newberry Street? On Newberry Street. Thought and wait, you went to Keene State. Is that it. New Hampshire? Yeah. Okay. So you went from New York to New Hampshire to, to Boston. Yeah. So always a very like New England Northeast girl, but I, I love California so much. I think like of my vibe when I'm chill is very much, well, also kind. You know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people would meet me back in the day and they're like, you're from the Northeast. Why are you so nice? So true. I'm like, um, I'm like the nicest person in New York City. 
well, I have to be. All my clients are there. And I'm like, oh, thank you very much. And you say that to like a service person. They like fall over. Yeah. But it's gotten better. We've gotten a little better. <laughs> but um, so grew up, you know, came to Boston, worked in fashion, um, worked on Newbury Street, got hired um, from there, worked at Louis Vuitton in the copy. Is that how you really say it? Louis Vuitton. Yeah, it's oui. a very, oui. it's, a, it's a very French way. I know. I feel like we can go back to like, I'm obsessed with the Kardashians and like, Chris please, Jenner, that's please don't cancel me anyone on listening to this. But Chris, her like trying to pronounce you or she or whatever, um, I die. Or Saint Laurent, yes. like Saint Laurent. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. that there was that episode yes. where Kim was making yes. fun of her, I was cracking up. Yes. She was right, but it it, it is. It's Saint kind Laurent. of funny. Yes. yes. <laughs> when yeah, it yeah. like it sounds when you're just speaking about it casually, it kind of sounds funny when you really emphasize it. But it is the correct it's pronunciation. Correct. And that was like slapped into me for the amount of visits mm, we've got. You can't go back. Oh God, in, in all of that, like you better pronounce the brand that you're working for correctly in front of the French. Um, yeah, the French. Like, like shame you. You want to talk get about shamed. not being nice. <laughs> no, you get shamed. Um, so from there, I mean, I think I had this very big sort of pivot with purpose uh, when I decided that I no longer wanted to work in stores grinding it out, you know, day after day, long hours, 14 hour days, nights, weekends, holidays. Um, I had met my, you know, husband, boyfriend back in the day. And I was like, oh, cool. I have a relationship and something maybe to focus on besides work. And I had always massive FOMO, missing out on things, like not being able to hang out on the weekends. And I'm like, okay, what am I really good at that I think I can translate into doing something else? So um, yeah, quickly pivoted and picked up the phone one day during a tax-free weekend. You know, a tax-free weekend. I know oh, we yeah. talked about that oh, in another yeah. podcast. But um, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this anymore. It's chaos. And I called an agency recruitment team and spoke to now, who's my partner. I'm like, hey, um, I think you need to hire me. I've been staffing my whole life. I've literally been building teams for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like matchmaking people for careers. And I just feel like because of who I am, I have this like innate sense of like your personality, your energy, mm-hmm. like who is going to do well in what team and maybe what role. And I'm like, let me do this full time and came on to an agency, 100% commission, <laughs> like literally it went from a salary to zero salary. But almost 12 years later, I mean, I've worked with hundreds of brands all across North America in fashion and beauty and wellness and home and design and all of it. So, yeah. Um, I'm doing I'm doing okay you know it's still yes, going girl. strong but there's the highs and lows of everything what we do is not for the faint of heart and um, it's a people-centric business but in a different way and mm-hmm. you know I think through the pandemic when we had unfortunately uh, the service industry was so affected and so many layoffs and furloughs and things I had so many people coming to me tracing me like can you help me find a job or whatever and you know that's not what a recruiter does we don't find jobs for people we find people for our clients yes but I'm like okay like this person doesn't know how to interview this person doesn't know how to do their resume I'm like, there's something bigger here. So I established my own coaching program called the Megan Hool Method. So I work one-on-one and career coach people and executives and I'm throwing myself to speaking engagements. I'm now running, you know, huge events. So yes. I don't know, I'm multifaceted, but that's my story of really someone who just always loved to serve mm-hmm. and um, loved really nice, beautiful things. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> let me get a discount. Yes. <laughs> let me get I mean, discount. I'll take a discount. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. But so, I love yeah. how... I mean, and, it, and it's clearly you've built this brand off of it, Pivot with a Purpose, but mm-hmm. I love how you were able to adjust your career without necessarily reinventing the wheel. You found within what you you had been doing, what do I like, what do I not like, right? What are the pieces of this job that I feel I jive with, that come naturally to me, that I'm passionate about, and what are the pieces that I could kind of do without? And you realize you didn't have to do a full 180, maybe felt like it or seemed like it to others, right? But like, you're, you're just taking some of those skills and applying it to a different area mm-hmm. in a different space. Yeah. And to to me, and I'm sure to many of the listeners, that is the part that is so important. And like, I really want people to just take in and mm-hmm. remember because sometimes doing it, it's just the 
it's that overwhelmingness of like, or the idea of it, of like, oh my God, I'm going to flip my life upside down. It's going to be too difficult. And it doesn't need to be, I think, as, as scary or as intimidating as it is. Mm-hmm. And when you're leaning into those certain areas, it helps you narrow down what it, what is meant for me. And hopefully mm-hmm. something that you'll stick in long term, as yeah. opposed to, oh, well, you know what? I kind of like this. Let me just drop this and, and try something brand new, right? Yeah. Like you're gradually leaning into or gradually transitioning into something new and something different. I think that's really, really commendable, but also like, hello, so smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I always say if you don't decide to make a change, somebody is going to for mm-hmm. you. And why would you ever stay in a job if you're at a breaking point that's no longer serving you? And also, I'm sorry, but in this day and age, nothing is going to drop in our laps people have called me this, but there are no fairy job mothers, right? That are, sometimes I can pick up the phone and be like, Hey, what do you think about this job? I have a job for you. And someone's like, Oh my God, that's amazing. But it's not always consistent. And I think if you can't articulate, because I will talk to people and I'll be like, well, okay, you want to make a job change? What do you want to do? I don't know. I'm flexible. Nope. Okay. Here's some homework. Mm -mm. Call me in two weeks when you sit down and you think about what you're really good at. What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? And then be able to line yourself because you say you're flexible, but you're not flexible. Right. You know, there's definitely heck no things and like hell yes things that you want to see happening within your next career move. So Mm -hmm. get clear on what you want to do. And then get out there and put yourself in those right channels to be seen and and create that narrative for yourself to get noticed in the right way. But it's not easy. I mean, honestly, it really isn't. But that pre-planning and that mapping it out like that, when you get clear about what it is that you want to do, you can then get clear on what are the steps to make it happen and Mm -hmm. to get there. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice that it could be five, where if you don't map it out, you don't think about it in advance, You some it's 15 steps because you got to do all, all of this figuring out in real time where I think that, again, simplifying it, making it less of a burden, just being really diligent about, okay, what do I, what are, what's my action plan here? You know, because yep. I think that people get lost and that can be debilitating. And it's, so, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel it's heavy. I mean, it's a season of transition yeah, where you're pushing your comfort zone and saying, do I really want to do this? And then mm-hmm. you might have an aunt Sally or someone in your life that was like, girl, why are you doing that? And everyone will be so happy to give you or their opinions of what you should be doing with your life. And you're like, Aunt Sally, trust. I mean, when I when I called my family and said, I'm going to leave Louis Vuitton in this like big salary to go work for no money for like six mm-hmm. months. But I, I really want to do recruiting. They're like, are you OK? Did you have like a physical like body out of body experience? Did you get kidnapped by <laughs> Even aliens? Possessed. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm like, you know what? For me and I think at anybody that may have to like feel like they're starting over again. You know, it's not, I think the biggest point is like not wanting to feel like we're new here. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, if we're not learning, we're not growing or just stay in your job and be miserable. But if you don't do anything about it, no, there really isn't a lot of people that are going to take stock and be thinking about you if you're not focused on you. Yeah. You know, I get it. So. It's, it's the ego thing, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to c- consider your next career move a setback or people don't want to jump if it's lateral or if it's a demotion. Right. right. But you're thinking too short term in those moments rather than long term. And you're letting that pride, I think, get in the way a little bit too much. Um, Because as you know, you see, and I see, I mean, there's people in every age, every demographic, every background in every role that there possibly is. So across the board, it's not as though there's these buckets where you have to, you know, meet a certain criteria and that's all you see. It's it's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't, it's not a foreign concept for you to be starting over and trying something new either, right. you know? Yeah. And it's really kind of fun to maybe experience like what it's like to work on a different team. Yeah. Meet new people. Um, embrace those like new learnings. Maybe it's new systems that you always pick up something doing something new. (laughs) Totally. Totally. You know, so I know on the way over here, I was thinking about just like the 20 something year old version of Megan and she's like, (laughs) dang girl. All right. 
Good for you. <laughs> I know. But that was not for anything being handed to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will, I will tell you, on top of like all the schools I went to, the school of hard knocks was probably the biggest that yes. I'm just like, throw me in the fire. Yeah. Let me learn the hard way because I'm stubborn and I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Yeah. So also, I have my own businesses. I'm like, don't you tell me. No, I'm just kidding. But I think, um, you know, it's so, it's so magical. We all work so hard. Right? Absolutely. You should want to, you, you can't, you can do something that I would say you truly can find satisfaction in. I yes. mean, work is work, but yeah. yeah. And I can speak from my personal experience. I've gone from good salaries to making minimum wage again, because mm-hmm. I was trying something new mm-hmm. to then making more money than ever to then taking a break. Like it all comes in waves, but yeah everything has led me to where I am now and I couldn't be happier. And if I didn't make those risks, if I didn't take that pay cut, if I didn't, you know, talk myself off a ledge, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gotten here. But I started off in, in nursing and I had that, my, what did you say? Aunt Susan, freaking Aunt Susan, Aunt Sally, whatever her name, Aunt Sally, Uncle Fred. Oh my God. What are you doing? You're not going to be a nurse. What's wrong with you? That's the most stable career. I could not imagine being a nurse. Yeah. It, it is so, it's so crazy how life works out. And this is going to kind of sound arrogant, not for nothing, but I, I wouldn't have, I've already passed what I'd be making as a nurse. Yeah. So I, I yeah. you know what? All yeah. the people that were like, you're, this is a stable career. It's such a good money. It's this and that. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. So there's clearly many other ways you can make money, people. Um, you just got to think yes. outside the box. And it's so funny. <laughs> the people that are judging you are never doing more than you mm. right and they also are in that's they're dealing with their own things and there it's a deflection moment of like really but it's the fear that they have in yeah them that is deflected on you but that sits with you totally Especially if it's a trusted family member or yeah you know, the judgment for sure you, know, you don't want to disappoint you know as like reform people pleasers we're like okay we don't want to let our parents down but you know at the end of the day there's a big wide world out there and you can be whatever you want to be that's the truth. Clip that one, Hurley. Clip that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. um, getting back on course, just so you call her up, mm-hmm. she takes you up on the offer. What now? How, how is your position there transformed? Are you doing, are you, you said she's your partner now. Yeah. What did that change look like? Yeah, so it's a he. He, um, sorry. I know, but now sorry. we have lots of, so you know, there's the ownership of the agency is with my partner, but you know, I'm, I'm really running like a very significant part of the business. Mm -hmm. So I have all my own client contracts. I do all the business development. So I remember taking on, um, this role 12 years ago and same thing, you know, coming on board, the business being a new business. So we didn't have the, you know, bounty of clients that we have now where if someone's new coming in, we're, we were handing them a few new projects and being mm-hmm. like, okay, work with me. I was like in the grind. So I oh, went yeah. from one grind to another grind, but a grind for a very long time that I was doing for free 99. But I was like, you know what, there's a bigger picture here, but get yourself out there. And I think if I wasn't the person I am where I like put my feet to the flames and I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Uh, I'm like, I secured, you know, client contracts pretty easily. As maybe you can tell, I'm not afraid to talk to people. <laughs> I'm not afraid to ask for something. Um, I'm not afraid to ask for a conversation. So for me, it's been a very, I did very well my first year, but I think it's because I'm recruiting in the field mm. of where I literally started my career, right? So I know it in my cell to any brands, founder, startup, anybody is like, I've been in service. I've walked in your, walked in your sh- shoes. I've led teams. I know what it's like to create from sales to you know managers to marketing to C-level people. So um, yeah, I mean, we, it's the highs and lows of what we do. Yeah. It's so affected by the economy, but I think um, it's really fun to mentor the careers of some like really amazing and successful people and see them still thrive and still do well. And there are some people I've placed years and years ago that are still with their jobs and gotten promotions. And That's you know, feel like they're like your little children. And I'm like, oh, yes. Um, and also too, meaningful, meaningful, meaningful pivots. Like, you know, I, I love, like I said, California, Napa is like my favorite part. And I remember going out there a few years ago, meeting this delightful human. Um, who was actually a spin instructor. So every time I go to a new city, I love trying 
you know, workout classes. That's who I am. Uh, yeah, and me too. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> and she was like, you're from Boston. Like, do you go to SoulCycle? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. You know, at times. So, um, you know, she kind of befriended me younger. Um, I mean, I feel like at this point she just turned 21, but it was like so sweet. We stayed in touch and she's like, Megan, you know, I really want to make a job move. I, you know, I trust you. Did so fast forward to this year, something came up in her you know, in Napa, um, in retail, this luxury retail brand. And I called her. I was like, okay, this is it. And it's your time. She started her job um, yesterday, her new job. (gasps) So from one conversation of like going to like a fitness studio to like having this beautiful, almost like two-year relationship where sometimes these things and new jobs, they're not going to fall in your lap or happen Mm. overnight. But you also want to have the right people that can keep you in top of mind that really do care about you that want the best for you. And, you know, I think those relationships are so special. So I'm so proud of her. I'm like, oh my God, it's been two years in the making and here we are. So that's such a perfect know, right? story. And that, that's so, it's it's, I love how it's that full circle yes. moment. And yeah. you're just so spot on with, I think, you know, the nature of what you do people know you want to help, but just because I want to doesn't mean that I always can, right? Right. I can't make up positions for you. And also the tricky part is sometimes maybe you're not qualified. Maybe you got that work to do first, right? right? So that's, that is challenging because I think there's always that expectation or that assumption that you can and you will help them, but it's not always that easy. And also, you know, you have a, you have a duty to the candidate, to the client, to your company like to make sure that all the pieces fit properly and in they're all in place and trying to squeeze a you know square peg into a round hole isn't gonna work out in the long run and so again like looking at that long-term picture I could try to put you in front of this opportunity and try to do this for you but you know what it's probably not gonna be the right fit it's probably not gonna work out and that's just and you don't want to disappoint anybody and then that's your reputation and credibility on the line and if someone goes in and they bomb an interview or whatever I mean the clients trust us that we're bringing them talent so sometimes I have to say as I'll have people reach out to me all the time if I post something whenever like Megan like put me in put me in coach I'm like you're not right for this job right no because I'm not just gonna throw you in because you're looking for a job because I have access to the person like how do you feel like you make sense for this job and why do you feel like you want this job Mm -hmm. because if I don't truly believe in your motivation I'm not going through this process for three months for you to not accept an offer nope no. And Are you know you what? It's that same yeah. honesty oh. on the client side as well yeah. that builds that trust and that respect for you. Because I remember first starting out, I was always afraid to tell people no. And they're looking for like that role that is seven people in one for yeah. pennies on the dollar. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah, we can right, do we it. Got that. And, a unicorn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, if I hear unicorn rock star, oh, I'm like, get me out. Pur- purple squirrel. I'm like, <laughs> There is probably a purple squirrel in the Boston Commons. Oh so, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but I think I, that's a you know you have to keep that as that common thread in all of your conversations because mm-hmm. that is you don't want to you want to you don't want to overpromise anything. No, you know, under deliver mm, the oh, worst. And I love that conversation with my clients. I'm like, I'm never going to tell you I can do something if I don't feel like I can provide. Candidates. Oh no, yeah, I'll walk yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and listen, I'm doing you a favor by walking away. I'm not that I don't want to help you. I'm helping you by right. telling you I can't do it. Right. So yeah. I don't waste your time, you right. know, yes. for sure. So yeah. what your all your clients are in retail? What's- Mo- mostly. Yeah. So we do um, retail l- like luxury lifestyle, wellness, um, you know, fashion brands, fine jewelry, um, home and design brands. So anything that's like consumer specialty facing a lot of beauty brands, a lot of direct to consumer mm. beauty brands, beauty brands that might not have storefronts, but, you know, selling to Sephora and things like that. So it's really cool. We have a very diverse client base. All across North America. So many of the clients are based in New York. Some are in L.A., you know, some down south, Miami, whatever. Um, Yeah. And I work on retail, corporate, and wholesale positions. Okay. So anything from a sales associate to a marketing manager to supply chain or manufacturing? Operations. Yeah, anything? Yeah, more executive level. So sales I'll do if it is like a very meaningful. So people in the watch and jewelry world or Mm timepieces, so like Rolex and all of that, they make 
awesome commissions, right? Mm. And some of those are very seasoned, amazing sales individuals that have been doing it a really long time. So sometimes they will say yes, because it's like a very strategic career path, but mostly it's like general manager, executive level plus. And it's it's so fun. But yes, like um, marketing, social, digital e-commerce was huge through the pandemic. all the all the there's so many marketing positions now it's like trade marketing performance marketing brand marketing product yeah there's any marketing now people out there contact me and especially (laughs) social too yeah the rise of all the platforms Mm -hmm. um you know people with that digital social experience awesome and then wholesale you know any account reps and things like that it's really cool there's never two days are the same (laughs) yes that is for sure Yeah. yeah it's one of those desk jobs that is not doesn't feel like a desk job because every day is a little bit different depending on which client you're talking to, which role you're working on, right? It's yeah. always, it gives you that little bit of uh, spontaneity or that little bit of, yeah. you know, mixing things up. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. And for you, so, okay, you, we talked a little bit about how, you know, you bring the people to a job, mm-hmm. not necessarily the job to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how would you describe your role? Like, what does yeah. a recruiter do? And also, are you working both sides of the desk and what, what that is, if so? Yeah, so, um, I mean, first and foremost, we're a small team mm-hmm. within my group. So, yes, yeah, so I, in terms of both sides, like I will do the client side where I'm business developing and managing that whole client process, intake call. So a client comes to me and like, Megan, we have this job, great. I take all the specifics down. Who is this person? What do you want to pay them? All of that. But yeah, on the flip side of it, I will source and recruit mm. 100%. I mean, it's kind kind of fun. And that's somewhat of what I've missed over some years. Having a bigger team is like, you sort of miss that initial interaction with a candidate Yeah, that when I get you on the phone, probably in 30 seconds, I can sniff out your motivation. And just by the energy you're giving me and all of that. So I love doing both sides because I think it really helps me to be super close to the candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm not doing that, we have a team that will also help me source and recruit. And then I'll be getting a candidate in process when they're going to meet the client. So I will talk to everybody before they go in front of that client. Yeah. Because I want to hear it. I want to hear it from you. You know, as much as my team is great and they're like, Megan, like we love this person. I'm like, "Mm, let me talk to them. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. Not to micromanage, but you know, a recruiter is someone who, uh, you know, searches for and sources talent Mm -hmm. and then helps clients that come to them looking to fill a role, navigate every step in the process. So we take a lot off of anybody internals plate, even for companies that have the biggest internal recruiting firms. And sometimes internal recruiters do a little HR and all this, like it is a full-time job Mm -hmm. as we know doing what we do. So to screen people, to vet people, to search, to set up appointments, to um, help deliver offers, doing references. Um, You know, we do, I do it all. But I think the biggest thing is really understanding what your client's looking for and then being able to screen the candidate properly to make sure their motivations are set up in the right way. And then, you know, the magic happens in the interview process and you hope everyone likes each other and gets along and you can really feel it when somebody really clicks. It's kind of exciting when you know, like, okay, this is the one. Yes. Right? So, yes, it really is. That is the best feeling. Yeah. I So I've never worked both sides of the desk. Mm-hmm. I always <laughs> have been on the account side. Yeah. But I, you know, you work so closely with your recruiting team like I loved whenever if they were like out for the day getting to prep a candidate for an interview and getting to talk to them because I think that you can add a lot more color being more on the client side of things to what the what the role is what the company is like you have that little extra intel and so it's really fun but I don't think I could ever do the recruiting side as my full time because I would get so invested in the candidates. Like that must be, is that a struggle or a challenge it's, for you? It's hard. Because sometimes, like kind of what we're saying, it's like, I want you to be the right fit, but you're not. It's like The Bachelor, <laughs> right? Yeah. You got like three contestants, like someone's getting yeah. the final rose. Yeah. But you're forming all these relationships and not that we lie, but you know, when someone asks me like, Megan, is there someone else in the process? And I'm like, listen, we all have competition. Of course. Right? You cannot focus on anybody else in this process but yourself. So just stay focused on that. But at the end of the day, I think it's all in the communication. I think this where a lot of agencies fall short, which I could not sleep at night if I did not do this. Give someone closure. Mm. You know, there are so many pieces, so many 
people in the pandemic that were ghosted by so many clients. You go in executives, CEOs that have gone in and given projects like, you know, presentations. Thank you so much for all of your information and literally never heard anything. Not even like, did I get the job? Did I do well? Are you okay? Is this on? Did someone pass away? Like just say no instead of nothing. Mm -hmm. Just say no. And the follow-up is so important. So I think people just appreciate me saying, I'm so sorry. You know, unfortunately, I can't, you know, the client went in a different direction, but you're amazing. Like, I want to keep you in mind for other things. And they appreciate that. Just give someone closure. But it's hard because you do get connected to them. So, I yeah. cannot <gasps> stress that enough. I think that a lot of times staffing or recruiting agencies can get bad reputations from a candidate standpoint. And that is one of the biggest complaints. The second is they don't see any roles. The second, you know, like you said, we've been talking about, right? I can't make something appear out of thin air that matches your background. And I think sometimes there's, that's maybe um, a misstep on that like initial onboarding process of, you know, here's what it's going to happen and maybe managing expectations a little bit better up front because just because we're bringing you in doesn't mean I'm going to get you a job tomorrow. So I think that tends to be it. But the, but the thing is, the other thing they think is the biggest is like they call me, they're all excited, they get my hopes up, and then crickets never hear from them again. Yeah. Whether the client canceled the job or they just, you know, passed on them, all it takes is a simple, hey, I'm so sorry, but you know what? We'll we'll keep getting you in front of other opportunities as they come. You know, like we'll get you right back in the mix and let you know if we hear anything. We'll yeah. get them next time, type of thing. It takes nothing, but it's so important mm-hmm. because so many candidates don't want to work with agencies because they're they've ha- they've heard of friends having bad experiences. But also, you never know. We kind of joke around in the staffing world, like candidates become clients, clients become yeah. candidates, yeah. and so yeah. also just good business. Like it, you never know how that person's going to come back and into yeah. whatever you know in any capacity, right? But just being a human being as well, and just mm-hmm. treating somebody you want to be treated. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy to me how many times that gets missed. Yeah. And or people get like, then that happens. And then people get like belligerent and like, yeah, how dare you? And yes. um, or you didn't know you didn't interview me. Right. And then the deflection goes on there. And I'm like, own that it didn't work out and move on. Rejection is your protection. And right. As that saying goes. But also, I think it's always this process of like self-awareness of like, OK, did I show up and do my best? Like, did Mm -hmm. I interview my best? And, you know, there are sometimes moments where people go in completely bomb or they go in with like really bad attitudes because a hiring authority on the other side isn't giving them the energy we give them. And, you know, listening and observing and they're like, that person's terrible. And they leave a bad impression. And then they go to interview for another job five years later. And that person is like running that company. I'm like, do not burn bridges, people. Just, you know, be humble. Take it for what it is. If it doesn't work out, there's something better for you. But um, there's so many, so many things. And and I think that's kind of my mission as like this agency partner is to like really change up the processes mm-hmm. and the experience and how this is how we're seen and how I do think we are a value to companies, even with big internal recruitment forces. Absolutely. So, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, you guys would be surprised how many large corporations with fully stacked HR talent acquisition teams that are using agencies mm-hmm. because the volume or because of the specificity of mm-hmm. what the requirements are, the job itself, right? Like mm-hmm. there's many different reasons, but we are, it was just an added resource, you yeah. know, it's just an opportunity to see who else is out there. If you're having trouble hitting a wall, you know, and cause the thing is too, you've been in your industry prior to staffing for it, right? Yeah. I was in the creative space prior to staffing for it. So mm-hmm. talent acquisition may not be HR may not have been right. So there's also this level of understanding uh, in terms of what they're actually looking for that I think is part of the value of using partners, you know, like us as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The credibility of um, someone looking at my profile and be like, oh, okay, she gets it. She's been doing it a long time. You know, she's walked, walked the walk, so to speak. And um, no, it's, it's super valuable. It really is. And I think the 
trust that we have with certain individuals, especially in a tough market. I mean, any of my clients that are getting ready to open in Boston, I'm like, you better be using me because not only do I know everybody in this city, but there are a lot of people that won't take phone calls from brands, but they'll take my phone call. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, Megan, what do you got? M- miss uh, one stop shop for all things, career and personal development, master <laughs> coach. Like, what do you have for me? Right. But right. That's, they trust you because they know I'm not calling people all the time for everything, but when I'm calling you, you're going to want to answer the phone. But if you're a brand with a brand name behind it, you know, maybe like a a bad brand reputation, someone's going to see an email come through and be like, "Mm, I don't think I want to work for that company. (gasps) There's so much magic and like having anonymity and especially those highly confidential searches. Mm -hmm. You can't be like throwing out blasts on LinkedIn (laughs) right? with a name attached. Hi, we're replacing our CEO. (laughs) Like, oh, let me guess the brand. So Mm -mm. um, it's, it's really fun. Again, it's not for the, faint of heart, but I think like anything in life, you do it well and you truly come from it from a place of caring. I yeah. think that's how you remain in business and successful. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. And I think, you know, there's parts to every job, right, that aren't as fun or aren't as glamorous. Mm-hmm. Like contracts is probably my least favorite yeah. thing uh, to do. Like, no I just yes, hate, yes. well, no, not like contractors, yeah. just oh. like reading through contracts oh, and going through negotiations. Yes. Like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. part where I'm like, I just can't go back and forth one more time. Right. Like, it looks good. <laughs> I'm like, there's parts to every job, right. That you yeah. don't, that aren't your favorite. Yes. But yes. I think that with, with, with recruiting and with staffing, like it's, you get to, get people a job they get to put you know get food in their pockets put food on the or get money in their pockets put food on the table you're making so many people happy and like you're doing good and I think that the rewarding element is what makes all the little stuff that's not so fun so worth it what's your favorite part about it I mean, I think it's that that phone call when you're like, this is my dream job. You yeah. know, Megan, like, how do we get it? Um, I just staffed a personal assistant for a celebrity makeup artist a couple of weeks ago. And um, it's so crazy because I told this individual, the minute I was on the phone with the president of the, the beauty brand, I started like, do to do a little Google. Although I trust me, I pay attention. But, you know, me and my ADHD, I can do 65 things at <laughs> right, once. Right. So I'm like, pop up. And this individual pops on, on LinkedIn. I was like, oh, that, that looks like a good candidate profile. That's the, guy, that's the person that got the job. Literally, it was like the universe, like, show me this profile. I was like, oh, my God. It was less than two weeks from start to finish. Wow. But I think that's the beauty of working with smaller brands and founder-led mm. brands is, like, the process is, is fast. But that's what I love. I love clients that know what they want and candidates that are committed and make themselves available. I think probably, as you know, the more challenging a client will make it or the more challenging the candidate will make it is going to tell you what their level of commitment is. Mm. You can't want a job more than that person that you're working with wants it. Absolutely. That going to work out. Absolutely. I, I always say, I'm like, I can't be more excited mm-hmm. about this than you. So if you don't want to take my prep call, right. if you don't want to take my phone call, that's fine. Somebody else will. But I just love when you like match me and you're right. You get all the messages. Yeah. Like, Thank you. This changed my life. And I know. Truly, and you know, Yes. kind of going off of that too the other thing is if people are being too accommodating sometimes I get a little hesitant because I'm that like, concerns working? me as well right <laughs> yes. like yeah. um yeah yeah I'm okay going in three days a week it's not it's like an hour and a half commute I'm like we'll just pass on this one you know what right. I mean because long term yeah. is that sustainable right like yeah. they're looking for a certain salary but yet oh yeah you know I'm just so desperate like I'll, I'll go yeah. less you're not going to want to be there long term they don't have the compensation yeah. to offer you it's this is a stepping stone and so I always look for little things like that too because yeah. that to me is just as bad as being um too demanding yeah. right yeah. you know Yeah, somebody will sell you up the river to kind of get their foot in the door too. And I don't, what I call, get bamboozled often, (laughs) but literally that just happened too, where we had a girl that started two weeks with this awesome other founder-led brand, very big name, that, you know, I'm I'm tying all my credibility up to this individual who's growing this brand. It barely lasted like two weeks. And she's like, oh, I took another job and I got like $10,000 more. Yeah, I'm like, why? Why did you even do this? And then it's like a fault of the brand. I'm like, no, you know, we talked about all Mm. of this, so it's fine. You can't get mad. You have to just like move on. And yeah. anytime somebody falls off, which does not happen often, I feel like I always find somebody better, <laughs> which now we have like two awesome candidates in the mix. So it's so true. Ugh. It's so true. I want to, um, yeah. I know I'd asked you in the beginning about mistakes on a resume, mm-hmm. right? So I, uh, to be fair, I want to also think about 
with clients, your experience, anyone who owns a company who has some sort of, you know, stake in a company is doing the hiring process. What are some of the mistakes that you think clients or companies are making that delay the the process or cause issues? Well, I feel like when there's too many cooks in the kitchen in terms of deciding what the right candidate profile is for this, like get on the same page before you like truly put this job like out into the universe. And also too, make sure that you have the budget for this job. <laughs> make sure it's, I mean, I can't tell you too how many things we've started and then like, mm, we're gonna put that on hold. I'm like, what? That's literally like a, like an ice pick in my heart. I'm yeah. like, huh? I've been working on this for like six months. I know. Are you actually kidding me? So I think it's for, on the client side, like make sure it's a job, like from a resources and budget point of view, you can support, make sure it, you know what that right profile is and any stakeholders that are involved in this process that you're on the same page. Because the last thing too, you want a, a candidate to go in and hear something from this person and have to interview mm -hmm. that, but then that person's telling a different story. It just doesn't look like you have your business together. Right. And someone very, that's that's not a beige flag. That's a red flag. Yes. Someone's going to be like, everybody that I'm interviewing is saying separate things. And am I truly going to be set up for success in this new job? And and there are people that will 100% not make a move because they're like, why? To get into a bad situation or a toxic environment? Mm -hmm. No way. So I yes. think you have to treat the interview process with respect and, you know, put the time in and these candidates are showing up, taking time off of work, like prepping, doing everything like you can't you know, treat them like it's a second class situation, uh, roll out the red carpet for anyone coming in, whether they work out or not. It's a reputation of your brand. Right. So I right. would say a brand will show you potentially their true colors in an interview process. So I absolutely you know, agree. I think yeah. that times have changed yeah. and a lot of companies need to get behind this idea that Candidates are interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing mm -hmm. them. And I mean, we saw that a couple of years ago when they had all the power. Oh, it was yeah. very candidate driven market. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I know that will ebb and flow. But again, kind of that like it's just best practice for, you know, your reputation mm -hmm. for not burning bridges, just mm -hmm. oh, giving that courtesy, I think, mm -hmm. to the candidate. Um, and and people, I think that they underestimate how well candidates can see right through them when there's those inconsistencies yeah. or discrepancies. Yeah. Um, but similar to having too many cooks in the kitchen, mm -hmm. it's also sometimes that mixed messaging, but sometimes a three-month process. Oh, yeah. Or it it's takes, like you, you have need... a baby in between this and that. I'm just like, no, <laughs> why is it taking so long? If right. you put a project on hold or you stop the momentum, time kills all deals. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose them. You're going to lose those so. candidates. You know, those people you go back and forth on. It's just... It's just not going to end up in their favor, unfortunately. That's no. how people, you're, they don't want to pull the trigger. They want to see what else is out there. Right. They want to compare. They need yes. to just, you know, discuss internally. Someone else is going to scoop them up and yep. you're going to regret it. Yep. Get all your ducks aligned before mm -hmm. you're ready to fire up a search. Timing, everything. I know. Oh, yeah. What do you think candidates do wrong on interviews that can ruin their chances of getting them job? Well, I think going in, first and foremost, not being able to interview with confidence or winging it these days. Oh, I don't, I'll just wing it. I don't need your prep. I, you know, I'm just going to do, you know, talk about this and that. I'm like, mm, okay, well, no, that's really not going to work in this day and age. Yeah. Then you get nervous. And once you get nervous, everything's shook and like you're done. Um, I think not preparing well, not knowing your why. The biggest question a lot of brands will ask these days is like, why do you want to work here? And it has to be something, oh, you have great benefits. No, please don't say that. <laughs> you know, it has to be like, well, I really, I can't. I really like your Is that something people say? Yeah, I, girl, people say everything. Yeah. But, um, or I really love your, what's a, what's a time off policy? If you're going into an interview and asking about how much time you get off before you even start a job, like that's the red flag mm. on the other side. But I think preparation, asking the wrong questions, like not being able to show value, going back into the beginning of time and starting from, you know, the rock age until now of like walking someone through your resume, nobody has that much time. You have like 30 to 45 minutes with someone. Mm -hmm. So if you're not prepared, if you're not succinct, if you don't know your why, um, just don't, you know, like don't, don't be interviewing or take the time to make sure you're prepared and research the company, research who you're interviewing yeah. with. You know, um, you can't just wing it anymore. And I think that is the biggest thing because that 
is where the nerve, all those nerves come in and then it's just like, it goes off the rails. Right, if you do that prep, you'll feel ready to answer anything that's coming your way so that initial like jitters are really gonna soften and you'll be able to really present yourself as who you are your your personality will shine through and that conversation is gonna flow a little bit better but people that don't even look at the website before they go for the interview I I don't understand that and I will tell you thank you notes oh my god I a book two books in my soul the first one is is in the works. The second is um, I'm going to teach people how to write thank you notes. I can't even tell you. First of all, if you're meeting with somebody, whether literally it was Corella Deville or the best person you ever met, just like give them gratitude, okay, people. But on the flip side, like please do not send a thank you note from your phone. Um, please take the time to maybe have somebody look over your thank you note just to make sure. Sorry, I can't tell you how Apple has um, auto corrected people's names to swears, <laughs> um, auto-corrected words to like pasta or, you know, other things. And it's, uh, I've seen people not get jobs because they've written terrible thank you notes where it shows like incompetencies yeah. and they're like, okay, if they can even like write an email thanking us for our time, yeah. like, are they going to be okay in this job? So take the time also, any written word, any speak word, like prepare, like double check things. This is your life and your future. You mm-hmm. can't just wing it. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. Are people like, oh, well, someone's going to want to hire me. I'm like, no, no, you know, so. I love that confidence. But <laughs> I live on planet Earth. I know. Where things are real. And, you know, we we try to be as realistic as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the coaching business that you mm-hmm. have now, you really help on the candidate side. Yes. And the client side or just the candidate side? Yeah. So people will come to me and be in a completely different industry. And I'll mm. never be able to work with them as a recruiter. I don't do that, right? Yeah. So I'm like, no. But the foundations about what we all struggle with, be it career clarity or with our personal kind of professional branding assets like LinkedIn, resumes, all of that, um, being able to navigate an interview process, like those are all things that are transferable, right? It doesn't matter what industry. So it's another option for those that come to me Yes, almost like a candidate saying like, you know what, Megan, I would love to like work with you. And I'll be like, I might never have a job. But if you're really struggling, you know, maybe it's been a year since you've, you know, gotten an interview again, Mm -hmm. or you're trying, 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 and you're just not hitting the mark. Um, If you can't afford and invest in yourself, which is huge. And I've invested in many coaches, and I probably wouldn't be here doing all the things if I hadn't, like, let somebody help you have that accountability partner. And I think there's career coaches at all different levels. Um, but like having somebody that can help you maybe get out of your own way, mm-hmm. help with like mindset and belief things, um, fear based things. I mean, there's a lot of things that hold people back from like doing well or like going forward with opportunities. So that's that. But I also do work with companies that will um, contract me for like executive leadership development talks speaking things like teaching their teams how to interview, which I'm like, I can't give you all my secrets. Though, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I do a little bit of everything, mostly one-on-one with people and individuals, mm. professionals. But um, I love working with companies where I'm like, sure, you want to bring me in-house and help some of those like senior level executives like be able to communicate better with their teams or map out talent strategies, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like all things career people are hiring beyond just like the recruiting process. That is such an yeah. invaluable tool yeah. and resource for people because like you're saying, it, it's applicable applicable in so many areas. Mm-hmm. It, it, whether you're maybe in a sales role and you want to learn how to finesse the, your, you know, your conversational skills and be able to be a little bit more... Um, maybe have a little bit more presence and, mm-hmm. and work on that persuasiveness. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just selling yourself through in that interview process. It really so many different things you can, you can use it towards yeah. where can people sign up for it? Yeah. So all of my Megan Hool things live at meganhool.com. So it's my big old perfect website for recruiting, coaching, all the things. And my big old website. My big old website. Um, that is like a one-stop shop. So just get on the website. Uh, I just try to make it easy for people, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like too many like clicks and levels and layers. Um, yes. And I love on. I love you know living on Insta. Yeah, I think you're that that's all really about Megan Hool. Um, it's uh, all things all Meg. Things. All things Meg Hool. Okay. So it's a little lifestyle because I feel like a lot of the people that follow me Insta are low key my husband's friends. Work <laughs> because he doesn't have any social media, so they want like proof of life. Yeah. So 
<laughs> the amount of times I troll poor my hole on Instagram, people live for it. You yeah. know, we, we there was like a mustache campaign going on, like in the pandemic. He like decided he wanted like um Hanson Umbop like women's bob haircut and that like ponytails. That was the whole thing. So you're gonna get a little bit of I love it fun and lifestyle mixed in with career advice. Yeah, there's a lot of great <laughs> tips in there as well. There really is. So you can get things. it as a one-stop shop. That's right. All and then yeah. your podcast, Pivot mm-hmm. with Purpose. Yes. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Where can we listen? What are the conversations? Yeah. When do new episodes come out? Yeah, so we're getting ready for our new season, which I'm so excited. And we have to bring you on on the flip yeah. side. Because I feel like it's the underbelly world of recruiting that totally. like, nobody ever talks about. And like <laughs> that's a big community of mine, especially with professionals on LinkedIn. But Pivot with Purpose really came out of the pandemic when I'm like, sure, let's let me build two businesses. And one, I'm like, you know, we need to harness voices right now in this space where people need this inspiration to say like, it's going to be okay. You're going to get hired again. We've all pivoted in life. We will continue to pivot. So I really started like bringing on these very inspirational people. And it's so cool to go back and see now four seasons and the people from the first seasons that are doing the thing that are on there that are like massively successful real estate agents and wellness coaches. And I'm like, you can pivot with purpose, you know, get a plan, get a community, believe in yourself. So it's sort of these inspirational conversations and I talk to business owners, authors, like cool humans, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody that wants to like share stories, but also ask some like fun, hard hitting questions. Cause I think the value in not always sharing the beautiful parts of our lives and knowing a lot of people knowing they're not alone and how they're feeling um, and that there are people and resources that are out there um, and making new friends. Like maybe you get this, but being on a podcast, you'll hear somebody, a guest um, will be on and then, you know, they're engaging with their community and you're like, messaging someone oh I just heard you on the podcast like yeah you know and how we met so I think exactly. there's so much value in like connecting like-minded people and opening up your network for other people to be like finding these amazing individuals too 100 so, percent it. it's on all the so all the cha- all like Spotify Apple iHeart um yeah I think oh, when do episodes come out? So I'm going to start re- recording at the end of this month, October. And I would say like probably before Thanksgiving, you know. Okay, great. So we'll have great. Like a but they can season. go back and listen to some of the old episodes in the meantime. Oh, yeah. There's good. some good people on there. Good. So. And the mm-hmm. Instagram for the podcast itself is pivot with purpose underscore podcast yes. okay yeah okay i lock that in so. i love it <laughs> and two last things yeah. um one you recently had a big event which was super successful congratulations but do you have anything new planned for people to keep an eye out for they could come yeah see you oh man I do your thing in person you know i feel like i just like gave my soul yeah no i know <laughs> i no. know what you mean well we have so and i can send you this link so i do this um amazing like monthly meetup group mostly for women called the parlay house and we meet every month um at different locations where you can sign up and join us for free and it's conversations around not just networking but like we had this month a lady come in and talk about the archetype for imposter syndrome like there's four levels of like imposter syndrome, like archetypes that we are, whatever. Um, and this next one, October 24th, um, out in Brookline is going to be about like the shedding season. So shedding goals or people that you've outgrown. Oh, girl, I'm right? coming. You're coming. I'm and coming. how to like get back on track or to, to actually, you know, kind of like find that purpose again. So we have that, but. I think in learning about events, because it's never a good time to throw an event, I definitely feel like March 2024, there'll be something in the works. And I'm so appreciative of like the Big Night family because they've been so good to me too. So I feel like I have besties that went on this journey yeah. with me. And I'm like, can I come back, please? They're like, sure, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, stay tuned. I think for me on my website, in my community, um, it, on LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, like I, I do try to post as much mm-hmm. as I can about where I am. But I love getting people together. So I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. My last question for you. Yeah. You've given a lot of great advice, but I ask at the end of every show my guests this. So I, I need you to still play along with me a little yes, bit here. here. Yeah. Um, if you had one staple 
go-to piece of advice that you could share with other women? It can just, you know, a general mm-hmm. um, doesn't need to be in relation to what we've been talking about or something that you wish 20-year-old Megan mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. Um, that you know now, what would it be? Yeah, my favorite thing, and this has come up recently, the event, like, you might not be right for that thing, but you're right for something. And your attitude about how you approach anything in life is is everything, right? So I've gone through so many situations where something didn't work out and I had a bad attitude and you leave a bad, bad impression and like that bridge is burned and that bridge is burned. Like, you know what? I think going through life with grace and gratitude for saying like, thank you for this opportunity. It's not right for me, but something better is around the corner instead of like stomping our feet. Well, this isn't working out for me and this isn't working out. And it's this person's fault. Like, Look inside, flip the mirror, as a Swifty said, you know, we can look at the sun, but how dare we look at our faces in the mirror? But like, what is the accountability? Like you can take on yourself of maybe why something hasn't worked out and appreciate it, but like, don't go through it with like a bad attitude because you're going to get this terrible reputation. And I kind of, I, I, I reeled that in at a young age, but I'm sure we all know those people that mm. you might not want to work with anymore or call, or they're just like drama or negative, like, that stuff, yeah. it's, that's gonna, that's really hard to shake. So um, if something doesn't work out for you, it's going to be okay because there's something else that will. That woe is me yeah. sort of attitude isn't yeah. going to help you get to that next place any no. faster. Yeah. But I love how you, what, the way you said it originally was like very Marie Kondo of you. You were mm-hmm. like, if it's just not for me, that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I have my, I'm, I'm very grateful, right? And then right. you let it go and right. you move on. Right. You and know? you can like go home and like throw some stuff around. Yeah. But like, don't, you know, I always say like, you just got to be fact-based and like unemotional sometimes and going through life. And um, I think getting an emotional in a situation that is already, whether it's highly emotional or there's like stakes tied Mm -hmm. to it, it just, it doesn't know one any good. So just take it for what it is and move on upwards and onwards. That's right. At the the end of the day, you have your character, whether you have that job, that boyfriend, that trip, that whatever it is that you wanted, you have your character. And so that's the thing you got to just... Yeah. Make sure you keep in check. Right? That's what's most important. That's what's going to follow it's you. Reputation. Your jobs are going to change. Your, your relationships yes. are going to change. Your friends are going to change. But your reputation, who you are, your character, that can stick with you no matter what. So yeah. always being cognizant of how you're treating people and just taking things in stride. That's really yeah. excellent advice. Oh, thank, thank you yeah. so much for being here. <laughs> thank you. It is a million trillion degrees in it's this studio. So I've got to get little you out of here. No, no, but fine. thank you guys at home for listening. Send me that. Uh, well, I'll put your website in the in the description mm-hmm. for the episode. But also, you said you had a, a separate link. I'll put that yeah, in there too Parley so people House. can find it. You know, Come I don't want them to have to work too hard i want to make it real easy for them so no. just keep it right in the in the description yeah anyone boston based like let's meet in real life yeah let's just keep doing all the things i can't wait yeah. okay thank you so thank much you. bye guys bye.